Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. We help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to enable your company to win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Jeff Wald. Jeff is the co-founder and president of Work Market, which is an enterprise software platform that enables companies to manage freelancers, which was recently acquired by ADP. He also founded several other technology companies, including Spinback, a social sharing platform purchased by Salesforce.com. Jeff is an active angel investor, startup advisor, as well as serving on numerous public and private boards of directors. He has also formerly served as an officer in the auxiliary unit of the New York Police Department. Thank you, Jeff, for your service. Jeff is the author of Birthday Rules and the End of Jobs, the Rise of On-Demand Workers, in agile corporations. Jeff regularly speaks at conferences in media on startups and labor issues, which is what makes him the perfect expert for today's topic. Jeff, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. Super it's excited to be here. Great to have you. We're going to talk about the importance of why not having a clearly defined corporate culture document is the recipe for failure. So the reason why is that the culture document is a business plan for how your people are expected to behave, interact, and resolve conflict. It is your saving grace when things go sideways. So you must provide a clear and accurate picture to everyone you interview about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the organization and the expectations of behaviors that result in success in their role. The importance of having a cultural document is something that I know you feel really strongly about. Jeff, why do you feel that it's something that you have to have as a leader? Of the mistakes we made since the founding of Work Market, this is pretty high on that list because we didn't have this until a few years ago. And it really came home for me during actually the acquisition by ADP during their diligence. One of the ADP executives said to me, he said, you know, I've asked like 20 people in your company to describe work market and they all describe it differently. I was like, oh, Oh, that hurts. Because the thing is, is when a company gets beyond that early stage where the founder is literally sitting in the middle of it, I remember the early stages of work market and I sat in the middle of the room and all the developers were on my left and everybody else was on my right, operations and sales and customer support and everybody else. So I knew everything that was going on and everybody knew what I thought. Once the company gets bigger than that, you have people that you'll never maybe even meet that are a part of your team. And if they can't say who you are, then when they're off doing a piece of work, how are they going to really know what exactly to do? You can't be over everybody's shoulder. And so the idea that everybody at the company knows who you are, why you're there, and where you're going is a vital component to increasing the probability of success. And it's something that we were successful without it, but I lament as to how much more successful we could have been with it. So at what point do you feel like you really should have spent the time to develop that corporate doc, the culture? I will tell you this, when you pass somebody in the hallway and you don't know who they are, you've already gone too far. You've gone too far without it. <laughs> I remember that first time and I walked past somebody, I was like, who the fuck, who's that? And somebody's like, oh, we hired them three weeks ago. I'm like, what? What? You start realizing people get hired without you knowing it, which is fine. And they should be hiring people without you knowing it. But if it gets to that point, you've gone too far. The ability to put something down on paper about what I kind of call the big four, who you are, why you're here, where you're going, and what your values are 
if you can put those down on paper, A, it helps you. You'll be surprised just as a founder when you actually sit down and write it, that you don't really know it as well as you think you do. But that is only step one. That second step is all the more vital, which is outlining the behaviors, the policies, and the people that support those. Because otherwise, they're just words on a piece of paper. And so doing those things well past that point where you pass somebody in the hall, you don't know who they are, or well before, I should say, is one of the more important things in increasing your probability of success. You know, I don't know why more companies don't do it as they're building their business plan. It doesn't take that much time to think about it and write it down on paper. You're 100% correct. Truth is, maybe they don't know, but at least get something down on paper because it's going to be an evolving document anyway. I 100% agree with that. It is one of the documents we would call a living and breathing document. It is designed to be revisited, to be updated. Nobody's North Star, nobody's purpose, nobody's mission statement is written in stone. You adjust as you see the market, as you see how your customers are reacting, you adjust. But it's important that your team knows that there's an adjustment and it should be celebrated. You said something key a little bit earlier, which was we probably could have done that much better if we would have had this document. Do you think maybe that would have resulted in a bigger sale? Mm -hmm. Yes, just yes. That is what I think. I think we would have sold the company for all the more than we did. And we had a great outcome. Our investors made money and my team made money. It was great. And I'm not lamenting this in any way. I just think, well, we could have done better. Look, it should be a gut punch to anybody that is running a company, that running a team, if different members of your team think you do something different. Like they should all be able to say in one sentence what you do. And if they don't, I hope I don't have to walk your listeners through why that's a problem. Why the person seven rungs down the ladder, who's actually writing the code, who's actually talking to the customers, why having that person really know who you are, why you're there and where you're going, why that is super, super important that everybody is rowing in the same direction. Well, this is like Simon Sinek, start with why. If they don't know why they're there or why you're there, and if you don't know why you're there other than to make money, which is okay, but everybody else has got to be in there for the same reason. That is true. And look, if you're there to make money, that's fine. Put it down, put it down on paper. Make sure everybody understands we're here to make a profit no matter what. And if that's your culture, great. Be very clear about it. One of my favorite examples is our friends at Enron, the whipping boy of corporate America, because they were the biggest bankruptcy in corporate America, so rightfully so. But they had as one of their values, integrity. Okay. I mean, they didn't practice it. They would have been better off and potentially still around today if they just wrote, our value is to make money at all costs. Screw everybody, break rules and make money. Then their team would have known that's what we're doing. And the whole organization maybe would have done it within the confines of the law as opposed to illegally. And they would have hired the people that resonate with that as opposed to people who did not resonate, who they had problems with. As a CEO, besides the one you stated before, what were some of the implications to the company you think? Were there any problems that arose out of not having that corporate doc besides that? I mean, really, we could talk for hours about the problems that arose, (laughs) not just down on the front lines where people were dealing with customers and making promises to customers of things that we just couldn't do or wouldn't do. But importantly, and this is where I think the culture doc becomes the most important, is in your hiring, that you should be really, really clear about what it is to work there. Not just the pace 
and your aspirations, but what is the day-to-day? What does that look like? What is important to you? And if you end up hiring people that don't align with that, then you're really, I mean, we all know the most important variable is whether or not you're successful as your team. And if you aren't hiring the kinds of people that believe in who you are, where you're going, and why you're there, then you're just decreasing your probabilities. And we certainly had a number of very poor hires on our part because of it. When you tie your interview around your corporate values and you interview for alignment with your corporate values, it makes it that much stronger of a hire. It does. And I will tell you the things behind that, the behaviors and the policies and what you expect of your people, even more important. The values, they're important. They should be up on your wall. You should mention them before every corporate meeting as with who you are, where you're going and why you're there. But the behaviors and the policies and what you expect of your people, they should know that. They should know, hey, I'm going to join this team and they have a happy hour every Thursday. Maybe they don't want to have a happy hour or we don't do summer Fridays or we're a formal dress or we're this or we're that. It is super important that people understand that. The disaster scenario for me at any hire is not that you didn't get the right person. It's that Stephanie quit her job, comes and joins you, and then a month later quits and says, this just isn't what I thought it was. And so the lack of transparency there, that's a disaster for Stephanie. It's a disaster for you. You got to start everything all over again. Being transparent about what it is to be there is to me hyper, hyper, hyper important. Yeah. And being ultra clear in who you are gives your employees a roadmap to evaluate people by. 100%. If you say we have a collegial attitude, every person counts, and we like constructive conflict, and you promote the jerk that's mean to everybody that doesn't listen to anybody, then your behaviors don't align to your values. And so you should throw your document out. And so if you're hiring and your promotion, whether it's salary or title, don't align, then you don't have a culture doc. You just have some words down on paper. And that happens way too often. You see people's corporate values they have written on the wall and nobody's living that. And it's especially important that the CEO and the leadership is the prime example of that. Because when you have somebody who's not, that just kills all your credibility. 100%. Before the culture doc, startups in their nascent stages tend to be cults of personality around the founder. You want to know what kind of people you have? You have people that are just like you because they came there for you. They watch your behaviors and they assume that's what they are supposed to do. And that's fine. But again, it doesn't scale. It doesn't work if you never see that person. Then people don't know why people are behaving a certain way. And that is the power of this document, to have this document and to share it with everybody that might join your firm, to have a yearly meeting and update it. And again, before every single gathering, reaffirm those big four, who you are, why you're there, where you're going and your values. I will tell you, when you have people start complaining, saying, God, we do this every time, you're about halfway there. You're about halfway to getting everybody to really understand it. That's such a great point. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to help you win great hires. Today, our guest is Jeff Wald. Jeff is the CEO and co-founder of Work Market, an ADP company. And we're talking about the importance of having a clearly defined culture doc. Now, this is what I'm really excited about. Now we get to the how-to piece, Jeff. Now you have put together and you've shared with us the cultural doc that you guys use. So let's walk our audience, let's walk an entrepreneur through how you would advise them to do it. 
Well, first, as with anything, with any early stage company, it starts with you. It starts with the founder. It starts with the executive team. You need to write it all down and go and get examples. There are a bunch of websites out there that actually have a lot of culture docs that companies have made public. I don't think that ADP would allow us to put ours there, but I don't know. I actually haven't asked. And ADP is an amazing company that I love. There are a lot of examples to be started from, but the first starting point really is what is culture? What are you putting down? And so I would say to look at those examples and to take that first step. But those examples basically give you this framework. What is culture? I would say that a culture is who you are, why you're there, where you're going, and your values as represented by the behaviors, policies, and people of a company. And it's that last part that a lot of people leave out because without it, you don't have a culture. You have a bunch of words on a piece of paper. How people act around the water cooler when nobody's looking. That is fair. Our document specifically outlines on that first page that one sentence, which I can promise you now that the hundreds of employees of Work Market can say to the word all in the same cadence. It has our purpose, what gets us out of bed in the morning. And it has that North Star, that 20 year vision of where we want to be. And I can promise you that every single person at Work Market knows all of those things. Nice. And so that has been important. And again, every single meeting we start with that. But At first, it was me just sitting and writing this. And then the values, I mean, the values we actually just took from our friends at ADP. We can't have different values than ADP. And ADP has amazing corporate values. And I will, again, reiterate, you've never seen a company live up to its values like ADP. They're spectacular at this. And then you have to go through and start thinking about those behaviors and policies that support your values. If you have a value of transparency, but you aren't having a weekly meeting or a quarterly meeting where you're sharing all your information, if you don't have open calendars as a behavior, if you don't openly discuss X, Y, or Z at your company, then you don't have a behavior that supports the value. So why do you have the value? What's the point of the value transparency if you don't have the behaviors to do it? So write all that down, but then go and start listening. So for Work Market, when I did this, we had four offices around the world. I got on a plane. I spent a day at each office and just said, what does it mean to you to be at Work Market? Why do you guys get out of bed? Where do you think we're going? What are the behaviors and policies that you're proud of? What are the things that we do on a regular basis that you don't think we should be doing? What are some of the behaviors and policies that we should stop? And so I asked them and I took all of that data and then recreated a document, shared it with everybody and made it open for everyone to comment. We use Google Docs put it up in Google Docs and said, everyone have at it. Because one of our values is when a decision is made, well, first we have constructive conflict on making a decision. We are very clear as to the decision-making process. It's my decision to make. And once that decision is made and I've heard everybody, it is on board or overboard. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it if you have new data. If you tell me something that I did not know when I made the decision, by all means, come, my door is open anytime. But if you are just going to rehash an old argument, don't. And that is the culture at Work Market. And it says it in that document, that when decisions are made, we're on board or overboard. So if you were to advise a startup entrepreneur to build out the core values of the company, how would you advise them to do that? Well, I would tell them to first go and look at as many examples as you could. And if you just Google culture doc, there are a bunch of companies out there that post theirs. There are a few websites that aggregate them. I read as many of them as you can. I would then think about those big four and what they mean to you. I'd write them down. And then I'd start asking your executive executive team first and foremost, 
what is it to you to be here? What brought you here? Where do you think we're going? And you start gathering data. And then as with any other process, you listen to as many people as you can. But then as the founder, it is up to you to make a decision and you put it down. But I would say that the first time you put it down after listening, you should not make that your final decision. You should use it as an iterative project. So every year revisit it. So if I'm starting with maybe four or five values that I think are what the company is that I want to build in the environment that I want to work within, what's a good starting point, do you think, to start with? Because again, you're going to be evolving this document. Every year, you're going to have to look at it again. Where's a good starting point for an entrepreneur? The starting point, honestly, Rick, is it's themselves. I mean, these companies are the reflection of you. And yep. if you're a transparent person, then you should have transparency as one of your values. If you are not a transparent person, if you hold things close to the vest, I would strongly encourage you not to put transparency because people will look to you. And even if you put in place processes, but you don't follow them, it's no good. So you have to start with yourself. What kind of person am I? Do I care about the community? And am I going to make sure that I spend one day a quarter doing community service? If that's important to you, then yes. Do you believe that every person counts? And do you want everyone's opinion? Or do you not? Do you just think, you know what? Everyone else is stupid. Everyone should just do what I say and shut up. That may be fine. I think that's a terrible way to lead. But if that's who you are, then that's who you are. And that's who your company is, whether you like it or not. Do not put down something that does not reflect you and your behaviors and your values. So the key point here is be honest with who you are. And you got to be brutally honest with who you are. You really do, because your team is super smart. I mean, that's why you hired them. And yeah. they will see through whatever it is you've put down. And so be candid with everyone, most importantly, yourself. Yeah, the decisions you make, you should be questioning against, does this decision that I'm making reflect our values? 100% because you want your team to be doing that. Again, you're going to hopefully, hopefully for everybody that is listening, you're going to get to the point where you won't know everybody. You won't see them on a day-to-day -day basis and they have to make decisions. And you want them making decisions that reflect the kind of company that you want to lead. And the best way to do that is to have it down on paper and to hammer it home again and again and again to hire the people and promote the people that are living those values and are living those behaviors. You start with the values. Then the next thing you're going to define out is going to be what? Behaviors and policies? It is going to be those behaviors and policies. And they are the norms in which your company happens. At Work Market, we are huge fans of our weekly meeting. There is nobody at Work Market that is not invited to that meeting. We don't hold anything back in that meeting. Let me be clear. We don't say what everybody's salary is. It's not like, hey, John, who makes $123,000, I'd like you to answer this question. <laughs> we don't do that. People's salaries are between the company and them, not everyone's business. But beyond that, there's almost nothing we don't talk about. And one of the important things at that meeting is that if you don't understand something, either ask at that meeting or ask after. Because if you're not asking, I have to assume everybody knows. And it says in that document that we have an open meeting every Monday. Everybody's invited to that meeting. And it says under the people section, we expect you to ask questions always because that is what we expect. And so you need to look at the norms and the behaviors of what's happening today. And hopefully they align with your values. And if not, start putting in place the behaviors and the policies. But those behaviors are things around your calendars, around your social events. They're around how you run that company. What's your cadence on conversations with customers? What's your cadence and how do you develop new features and products? Those are all how you run your company. Those are your norms. So just write them down. And the policies have to support or cultivate those behaviors. 
Absolutely. Look, let's stay with transparency because it's one of my favorites. Is it your practice to then send around the board deck to everybody? Obviously, scrub it for some information that's inappropriate and send it around. When WorkMarket was an independent company, that's what we did. We just said, hey, we just had a board meeting. Here's the deck for everybody. And we're going to do the exact same meeting now for all of you. But we're going to give you three days as we give our board members to read everything. And that was a behavior that was written into our culture document because that's what we did. And if we didn't do things like that, if we didn't have Google Calendar where anyone could put a meeting on anybody else's calendar. If we didn't have a host of other things, then I would say transparency was not a value of ours. And then the third piece would be what? Well, the third piece are the people. In our document, it says what it means to be a work market team member. And it also says what it means to be a work market manager. And so to stay with a team member, do you want people that are questioning everything? Do you want people that are constantly trying to improve? Or do you want people that are just punching a clock and going home? I wouldn't opine. Well, actually, I'll take it back. I will opine. I think it's ridiculous if you want people that are just punching a clock and going home. But that may work for some people. As a manager, do you want people that are just saying, I made a decision, nobody talk, which I appreciate I say in some context? Or do you want people that are making decisions based on input? Do you want people that are giving constant feedback? Or do you want people that just give feedback once a year? Do you want people that are constantly striving to improve? as a professional and as a leader, or do you want people that are complacent? So you have to think about those people because you should describe your ideal employee. You should describe your ideal manager and your people should strive for those things. Those people that you hire should be in alignment 100% with your values. If somebody doesn't do well in a transparent culture, you shouldn't hire them. 100%. Regardless of where they come from. I find companies get themselves into so much trouble with vanity hires. I call them vanity Mm -hmm. hires. People who came out of a really big name brand company that looks impressive for their board. Mm -hmm. And I've had many CEOs have been on here that have said, yep, I've done that. And it was the worst hire ever made. And it was just a bad hire because it wasn't the right fit for the individual or the company. You have to tie those hiring decisions specifically to those values. I couldn't agree more. And of course, even with all that, because we didn't have a culture doc, we'd never written down, we did make that mistake. We hired big name executive from big company and it was a disaster. And you know what? She's a wonderful person. She remains a dear friend, but terrible hire. Shouldn't have done it. And we all have. It's something that everybody's done. Just don't do it again. (laughs) Well, we can strive not to do it again, but unfortunately, sometimes we do make the mistakes, just not the exact same one again. Exactly. If you do it three times in a row, then that's a problem. That is a problem. So we're getting pretty close on time. Jeff, what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience so they can plug it into their business today? First one is you really need to write down this culture doc. And there's never too early a stage to do it. There's definitely too late a period. So write it down, point one. Point two, it is a living, breathing document. You've got to continue to iterate on it and you've got to continue to talk about it again and again and again so that your people really understand. And point three, you've got to use that for your hiring and your promoting because you are trying to build a team that's gonna help you succeed. So don't leave any stone unturned in your processes and doing that. And I will tell you from my experience that this is one of the best tools you have for building the best team that you can Because if you get everybody rowing in the same direction, you're much more likely to be successful. Yeah, you know what? You mentioned promotion, evaluating people who fit that and exemplify your corporate values. It's much easier to make those decisions rather than, I guess he's doing a good job. Let's just promote him. You're right. Quite frankly, and you should be doing the opposite. If somebody doesn't live up to your values, the stereotypical brilliant jerk, if you promote that jerk, your good people are going to leave. They're going to say, all right, none of this means anything. If you fire that person, which you should in most circumstances, 
obviously no hard and fast on anything. If you fire that person, then your people are going to say, oh, wow, yeah, they are, we are living our values. That guy was really good, but he was disruptive. So he's gone. And that is something that we did reasonably well, but I can certainly think of an example where we kept somebody on way too long. That's a great point. Thank you, Jeff, so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best ways in which members of the community can reach you, find your book, all that good stuff? Well, the book just came out five weeks ago. It is certainly available on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold, but not yet in bookstores because we don't have bookstores open just yet, but God willing, soon. We were fortunate enough to hit number one on all of Amazon's HR categories for a brief period, so the reception's just been great. And you can obviously, any of your listeners can reach out on LinkedIn or on Twitter. Always happy to talk about hiring and HR technology and what's going on in the space. Perfect. And we'll link all that in the show notes. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Christopher Decker, Andrea Ballin, and our creative director, Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening. We welcome your feedback. And we're just working really hard to make this content much better for you. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire. That's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Kelly Robinson. We're bringing that gentleman back. He's the CEO of Red Dot Media. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success, Rick Gerard.